when we, throughout the week, myself, the elders, and others are praying for the service that's going to happen on Sunday morning. And our prayer, among other things, is that God would bring workers here. There's a lot to do in the kingdom of God, let me tell you. (laughs) There's lots to be done. You know why? Because God is moving forward. God is moving. This church is moving. And if we're following God, then we are moving forward as well. And so as that happens, growth happens. And as growth happens, there is people that need to be trained, people whose minds have been living incorrectly. Does that make sense? There's a scripture in the Bible that says, there's a way that seems right. You guys have heard me say this a hundred times, but it's so true. There's a way that seems right to a man, to a person, but in the end, there is destruction. And so we can spend our lives living a certain way that we seems good, that seems good to us and that pleases us. But in the end, it leads to destruction. We find out that that was not the best way to go. And you may have heard me say this as well, uh, and you probably hear me say it another hundred times before I die. I pray it's like, <laughs> that's that way. But you know what? We have these GPS things, right? a global positioning system. And what that does is by satellite, it tells you where you are on this earth, okay? And if you're trying to get to, say, um, East Jahanga, you heard of that, East Jahanga, well, you might need a GPS to get to East Jahanga, right? And so you follow the, the path laid out for you by your GPS, and it leads you And so in our lives, we don't want to get to the end to be lying on our deathbed and then hear Siri or our GPS say, recalculating. Okay? When you're driving and you're going on vacation, that is the last thing you want to hear. Oh, that is so irritating. If I could slap... You can't do it. Yeah. Chill, right? But that's the way we don't want to get to the end of our lives and realize that we need to be recalculating. That the way that we've been living leads to destruction. There is death. We don't go to heaven just by default, friends, right? It just doesn't happen. We live our lives and then we die and we just go to heaven. It does not happen that way. The Bible is the old school GPS, okay? Old school GPS right here. This is the book, God's Word, that tells us how to live our lives in a way that's going to please Him. To live our lives in a way that allows God to bless us. To live our lives in a way that we can receive salvation. Salvation. What is salvation, anyways? What's, what's the thing? <laughs> what's salvation? Salvation is we're saved. It's like we're saved from something. Saved? What do you mean saved? What is that all about? Well, saved means we're saved from something. We're saved from our sin. You see, our sin separates us from God. It, like, drives a wedge. Some of us here are wood splitters, all right? 
and you got a wedge or you got a splitting molly or you got a you got a log splitter or something like that, right? And it just takes the block of wood and it breaks it into pieces. And it drives that wedge into that piece of wood. Sin drives a wedge in our hearts and our souls and separates us from God. When we don't follow God's laws, very simply, when we don't live our lives by God's word, we sin. All right? When we disobey God, we sin. And when we sin, it separates us from God. The Bible says in Romans that the wages of sin is what? Death. The wages, okay, so wage is something that we earn, okay? So the wages, what we earn from sin is death, what we deserve. Whoa, that's, that's pretty harsh stuff, okay? But according to the Word of God, all right? And so, but the gift of God, the gift of God, now let's, that's pretty harsh stuff, but God doesn't leave it there. He doesn't leave it there. He always makes a way for us to be reunited with him. That's always his plan. That's always his desire. That we're close together with him. But the gift of God is eternal life. So wait a minute, dude. You're telling me that I'm going to live forever, right? Well, our physical bodies, we know better. But our spirits, yeah. Our spirits will do one of two things. Our spirits will go on to be with the Lord where he is. We call that heaven. Or our spirits will go to a place where God is not, and we call that hell. Default does not exist. Default to heaven does not exist. So if that's the case, then there's got to be something that we need to do on our end, that's our responsibility in order to get where we want to go. Okay? Now, the Bible describes hell as a place absent of God, a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth, the Bible says. Okay? And fire and brimstone. You don't want to go there, right? That's plain and simple. You don't want to go there. So, if then... We want to go to where God is. If we want to go to heaven, then there's something that we need to do. All right? And so Jesus was come a little baby. Little baby, right? We celebrate Christmas and oh, we sing all the cutesy songs and we got, we got the cool plays and, and the kids are involved and, and, you know, we got this and that. We got decorations in our yards, you know, and cool stuff and what's the thing so this baby was sent as the son of god the son of god okay the bible says that god so loved the world john 3:16 god so loved the world who's the world weens God so loved us that he gave his one and only son. Who's that? Jesus. That whosoever believes on him should not perish, go to hell, but have everlasting life, go to heaven. And that's, 
That scripture goes on to say in, in 17 that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world, to save the world through him. You see? So when you think of the baby Jesus in this barn, stable, a barn, and he's laying in a manger, a feed box, okay? This is the king in this lowly estate here. What's, what's, what's the big deal here, right? And then the shepherds. Shepherds were, were given the important message of spreading the word that the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior, was born in Bethlehem. Now, as we've said before, many of you here, we, we've talked about this. The shepherds back in those days were not a nice bunch. Okay? Today, we have a positive connotation to that word shepherd. Not so in years past. They were unreliable. They were liars. They were thieves. They were dirty and they were stinky. They were not well liked. And yet, while they're watching their flocks by night, the angel comes and he gives them the message. Why such an important message to such a lowly people? Why such an important event in a barn where there's animals and wherever there's animals, there's, well, you know. And here he lays in a box with hay. He is the Savior King. And so, if we're not careful, we can miss out on the message that if God would give such a message in such a lowly fashion, there is hope for us, the lowly sinner, to be restored in relationship to our God. The message. Why not have him come in royalty and in the purple royalty robes and mansions and servants and subjects and military might, which is what they were expecting? Why not this? Why the low estate? There is hope, friends. For you and me, in our low estate as sinners. You see, there's nothing that we can do on our own that could ever make ourselves white and pure and spotless in, in right standing with God. Nothing that we can do. And back in old days, the thing that they could do that would even bring them close was to sacrifice bulls and goats and sheep and the like. called a sacrifice or an offering of sorts, right? Jesus, and so they would sacrifice maybe a, a lamb, a spotless lamb 
one year old, okay, a perfect lamb. And so Jesus himself is called the Lamb of God. That's what that means. The sacrifice. Well, what did he sacrifice? Why did he have to die? He had to die. He gave himself willingly so that you and I could be restored to God himself. That's how much God loves us. You know, there's nothing new for me to give to you about this subject. It's old news. It's old. That's the way it is. It's history. It's historic. There's no new headlines for me to give to you today that would make it fresh and I can come from a different angle, make it fresh and new. It's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be new. It's not supposed to be fresh. It's the truth, and it has stood from the time it happened. And it was God's plan. God planned it, and he fulfilled it in Jesus Christ. There's nothing I can add to it to make it more sensational or exciting. You've heard it a hundred times. It's the truth. It's, it's everything you need to find real life. Everything. Everything you need to find contentment and peace and joy and fulfillment and forgiveness and salvation. Everything you need was in that manger. Everything that the world needs came in a manger, was wrapped in cloths, not even clothes, cloths, laying in a feed box in a barn with some shady characters delivering the message. How about that? How about that? It's all right here right here. This is Christmas. Right here. God's plan of salvation to reunite you and me together with God started in a manger. It's simple and it's humble. It's incredible. And that's exactly what it's supposed to be. The long-awaited Savior King. You see, they had heard scriptures that have told them about this Savior, this Messiah, this King that was supposed to come. And so they'd been waiting for hundreds of years. Waiting, waiting, waiting. And generations go by, and they live, and they, they die, and another generation starts, and they live, and they die over and over and over and over, hundreds of years, Amen. waiting the Messiah, the expected king, not a baby born in scandal. Scandal? What? Yeah, scandal. Okay, Mary... This young virgin is found to be with child. 
But Joseph had never touched her. So can you imagine the townspeople? Oh, yeah. <gasps> she's a harlot. No. Joseph, no. Mary, no. In Luke 1, Luke 1, it says how it happened. The Holy Spirit. The angel came and told her, Mary, she's a teenager, okay, and says to her, you will be with child. You will call him what? Emmanuel. For he is God with us. Scandalous. Can you imagine the rumors that spread throughout Bethlehem and their hometown? Don't marry her, Joseph. She's been unfaithful. And what about Mary? Her life would have pretty much been over. That was grounds for death. Okay? It's bad news on both sides. But yet, God made it possible. He sent an angel to Joseph, said, Joseph, don't you worry. I've got this. This is me doing this, Joseph. This is not unfaithfulness. This is me doing this. And this is what I'm doing. You take her as your wife. And Herod, the king, got wind. Remember when the wise men came seeking the Savior, following that star? They came to Herod, who considered himself king of the Jews. Did you know that? He considered himself king over, really, the Jews. And so when the, the wise men came seeking this Savior who, who is, listen to the wording, who is born Savior, King of the Jews, who is born, okay? Now, he acquired that position, that title. But this one, there's a difference between him and me. He was born King of the Jews. So in his mind, and it, now listen, he had killed his wife, and his son, this guy. He was ruthless in protecting his throne. Ruthless. He didn't even spare his own family when it came to protecting his kingship. And so can you imagine the reaction he had? Can you imagine him trying to contain himself when these three wise guys came <laughs> and they want to Find and, and go worship the king, the one who was born king of the Jews. Hmm. Why don't you go make a careful search for this baby? When you find him, come and tell me because I want to go and worship him too. That's what he said. I want to go and worship him too. Hmm. Yeah. He wanted to snuff him out. He wanted to snuff him out. As a matter of fact, he tries. Because those three wise men were warned not to go back to Herod. And so when they don't return, he is furious. And he demands that every male firstborn in the city under two years is killed. Every single one. Can you imagine if Medina... Can you imagine, can you imagine the cries of the mama... And, and 
the children and the parents as they're just scurrying around running and trying to hide from the military who are coming to kill your two-year-old firstborn son or baby. It's a pretty intense deal. And it happened. It's historic. It's written in history. But God had sent Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. And there, Jesus, the Savior King, was born. Isaiah 9, chapter 9, verse 2. Would you turn there with me? It says, the people walking in darkness. Now, this was hundreds of years before the birth of Christ, okay? The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Down in verse 6, for un- and here is encapsulating what happens in the birth of Jesus. For unto us is born, a, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And it closes with this. As if to say, this is almost an unbelievable thing and it's difficult to accomplish, but it goes on and it closes with this. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The zeal, the power, the excitement, everything poured into this. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Hmm. Praise the Lord. In Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. Turn there with me, if you will. Chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Out of you will come the ruler of Israel. These are things that are spoken of about Jesus hundreds of years before. And so the Jewish people were all waiting for this Savior, this King, this Messiah. Most of them are still waiting. Do you understand that? Most of them are still waiting, even though it's clear in the Scriptures that Jesus is that Messiah, the King, 
in Isaiah. Let's turn to Isaiah, back to Isaiah, chapter 52. <clears throat> There's a lot of stuff in here. Verse 13. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. And in Philippians 2.9, we see that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. You see, he is exalted. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 6. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Now, many times we think of this scripture being spoken after Jesus was crucified, right? But this was the plan and the purpose from the very beginning. That Jesus would come and would save us, give himself as a sacrifice for our sin. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions, our sins. He was crushed for our iniquities, our dirtiness. The punishment, listen to this, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Each, we all, like sheep in verse 6, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So all of our sin, all of our sorrows, all of our whatever, was laid on Jesus Christ. And when he took it to the cross, and it was nailed to the cross, and his blood shed down and dripped down there and into the ground, that blood was the accepted sacrifice for our sin. Jesus sacrificed himself once for all. For all of us. He bore our sins on the cross. He bore our sins. Over in Romans. Chapter 4, verse 25. It says, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. You see, he stood in our place. He stood in our place and received the punishment that we were due. And it was placed on him and he took it. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. What if, what if it all ended in the grave? What if it all ended there? What if? What if? 
but he rose again on the third day. And he sealed our salvation for all of eternity. 1 Peter 2, 24. Are you still with me this morning? He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. By his wounds you have been healed. Hallelujah. Friends, Christmas is so important. And, you know, all the things, the other things that we make it are okay. They're nice. They're fun. They're enjoyable. The Christmas trees and Santa Claus and, and all, giving the gifts and all these things. It's okay. It's, it's all right. Okay? But don't, don't miss it. Don't miss the message. Don't miss the hope of Christmas. Because it affects you. It affects your life. It affects our eternity. It affects where we're going to spend eternity. Would you stand with me today? Bill, would you come to the keyboard? There's one thing. You can boil it all down to this. Sometimes when a bunch of things are thrown at me, I have a hard time grasping it all. So I try to boil it down to maybe a bottom line. If, I want to do that today. If we can boil it all down, all the things that I've, I've said here, the things that are in the Scripture, um, all the message of Christmas, if we can boil it all down to this one thing, and that is this. Now listen. Listen. It boils down to this. What will you do with Jesus? So Jesus came. He was sent by God because he loved you and me. Okay? So Jesus came. He lived a sinless life. And he died. He allowed himself to be killed, murdered on a cross, bearing our sin and our shame taking our sin to the grave with him. Do you understand that? That's what that all means. He carried our sins and our sorrows. He carried it all to the grave with him. And then he rose again on the third day. He rose and he lives. And because he lives, we live. We live that old song, because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives. That was for you. That was for me. And no amount of sin is going to separate you. It's going to have the strength to rip you out of God's hand. Don't you worry about that anymore. You come to God and you just pick up what he's offering to you. His hand is outstretched to you. And he's holding out salvation, freedom for you to live your life 
free from sin. All we have to do is say yes. That's it. That's it. And so today, so today, the gospel, which means good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ has been presented to you today. Now, the question remains, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? That makes all the difference in the world. You have the opportunity today. Some, most of us here have already done this at some point or other in our lives. Accepted what was done on the cross. The plan of salvation. Jesus coming and living and dying. We accept what was done on the cross. And in a sense, we trade death for life. Man, that's a really good trade. You don't get many trades like that in this world. But that's a real good, that's a steal, I would say. Occasionally you'll come across one of those steals. Maybe as you're Christmas shopping, you'll come across a, a steal. And you'll buy that thing up for somebody else. Get it. Right? This is a steal of a deal. Don't let it pass you by. It's the truth. Don't take my word for it. I'm nobody. Read God's word. See for yourself. See for yourself. People can tell you anything. Oftentimes we'll believe it. Read the word of God. See for yourselves. Today, come. Don't wait another minute. We're not guaranteed a single day Listen, we prayed this morning for Jose. Jose, in a rough spot right now. And the friend that was with him broke his neck in that car accident last night. We're not guaranteed another day. And I'm not saying this just to scare you. I'm just saying it to to make you think. Because oftentimes we think, well, I'm going to do that later. I'm going to clean myself up. Then I'm going to come to God. It doesn't work that way. You know, God's not waiting for you to clean yourself up. He's doing the cleaning. He's the cleaner guy. He washes our souls like we wash our clothes. Come. Don't hesitate. Come. Come to the altar. We got people that are going to pray for you. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and let him cleanse you from your sin.